seat. Need more cowbell. We need more cowbell. I like it. I don't know if you can hear it. <laughs> That's terrible. Hey, Matt. Welcome to your podcast. The Connect Podcast. It's our podcast. It's our podcast. We're in this yes. thing together. That's true. You can't get away from it. No. no. You are tied in and sucked in and it is what it is. I was watching a show the other day and it was talking about like shows and podcasts and whatnot and how it's like, is it the podcast with Matt and Jared or is it the podcast hosted by Jared with Matt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was listening to 104.3 The Fan. Yeah. That's And my three years that it takes me to drive into work every day. Yes. I listen to a lot of 104.3 and they were talking about their different roles. Okay. How one is the host. Yep. And uh, uh, I think when Schlereth was like, I could never be the host. And I'm like, I could never tell who is the host and who's not. I didn't realize that was a thing. So. <laughs> well, the host, that's actually their show. And then the other guys, just like the the regular guests. That's why I was asking the question, is this gotcha. podcast like the Matt and Jared Crossroads Connect podcast, yeah. like we're together in this, or yeah. is Jared the host? But they call it and Schlereth I'm, and Evans. Yeah. yeah. So maybe Evans is second because you can always replace the second person with somebody else. <laughs> there you go. That host is no good. Just that's right. Or I guess it'd be the first name. Yes. Someone else in Evans. Someone else in yep. So, well, I, I have the order here in front of me. So I guess that makes me the host. There you go. Yeah. So, so this anyway. is the Crossroads Connect podcast with your host, Jared. Yes. And Matt. And Matt. That's it. <laughs> I like it. All right. That's, it's good to know these things moving forward. Yes. So, well, Matt, uh, I had a really cool thing happen. So we moved into our house uh, almost a full year ago now. And we just have, we're out in the boonies in Keensburg and uh, basically our ground, like Colorado has bad dirt anyway, but then out there it's like, it's legitimately sand and clay. Yeah. Like it's sand on top and you go far enough down and it turns into this hard clay, yeah. which growing things is just really hard and takes a lot of water. You're not too far from Kansas. You should just go get some of their dirt and pour it into your Do they yard. have good dirt in Kansas? They got a lot of farms. They do. <laughs> they do. They probably put a lot of stuff on that on that dirt. Um, but uh, we've we've wanted grass for a long time, and in our house, I always say it looked kind of janky, you know. And and we our neighbor kids would come over and like dig holes and stuff like that because it's dirt. What else are you gonna do, right? Um, but uh, we're we're coming up into spring, and actually at the end of last year, I got like eight rolls of sod for free. Someone just posted it on Facebook and I'm like, I'll take it. Yes. So I went and I picked it up and we just laid this little square. And so we had one little square of, <laughs> uh, of, uh, of grass. And the other thing is, is uh, before we put in all of our grasses, we needed to make sure that our sprinkler system was working because mm -hmm. since we've moved in, we never tested it. So we turned it on. My brother-in-law was over and... Um, Who's actually, the jack of all traits? No, this is a different brother-in-law. Oh. He's also kind of a jack of all traits. He worked at Home Depot for like 10, 15 years. Yeah. And so he learned a lot of stuff. And so he helped dig up sprinklers and figure out where was it leaking. And it ended up only costing like 15 bucks or something. Like to replace stuff really yeah. isn't that bad. I think installing it is bad, but then maintenance isn't horrible. So Unless you we, blow it up. That's true. Yeah, which we did not do. Um, but we, we got the sprinkler system working and, and all of that. And, um, it was all just to prep, like, okay, we're going to have to buy sod. And then we're looking at our budget and we're like, man, I just don't think we can afford it yet. Like I want it, but we can't do it. And so Christina starts praying like literally a week ago and says, man, interesting enough, you just had your, your, your message on it. And, and this doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. Uh, but she starts praying, man, we want 
God, can you help us get grasped? Because we can't, I don't think we can do it on our own. Literally on Saturday, my neighbor across the street comes over and says, hey man, we're cutting out some of our sod sod in the backyard. Do you want it? And I'm like, uh, yes, yes, I do. (laughs) And so, uh, you know, we, we, there's a compost place really close. And so I just went at it for a couple of days and, and got the ground ready and put in this compost because otherwise the grass won't grow. And and we have grass now. Nice. It's amazing. I, I I keep looking at it, and Christiana's like, "What's wrong with you?" I'm like, "It just looks so beautiful." <laughs> God is so good. It's so good. And so I'm just really, yeah. God just really blessed us in that. That for you know, fifty bucks to rent a trailer, and you know, four to five dollars for some compost. We have uh, a nice front lawn now. That's um, awesome. And so, yeah, I'm really pumped about it. When I always think of my grass, um, I think of how great astroturf would be. Or just regular turf? Yes. Do we call it astroturf anymore? I don't know. I would just like yes. turf regular grass. plastic yes. grass yeah. in my yard because I'm allergic to like everything outdoors. And so last week we were also doing outdoor work and playing in the dead grass mm-hmm. and it flared up my allergies so terrible. I was a nervous wreck thinking that I was going to come in on Sunday to preach mm-hmm. and that my allergies would be fired up and everybody would think that I had the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, and they would send me home. Mm-hmm. So thankfully, all of it like exited my system as I slept that night, and That's then I good. woke up and felt good. I just had to blow my nose, yeah. and that was good. Have you ever had like a crazy allergic reaction where your face is just like swollen? Uh, my eyes do. Yeah. In fact, um, well, I guess we're on video now with the podcast, <laughs> but if you ever see like the red dot in between my eyes, uh-huh. that's the telltale sign that I'm having allergy issues. Interesting. So this red red dot shows up. That's in between funny. My eyes. Yeah. My, the tip of my nose turns red, mm. like beat. Rudolph the red nose reindeer red. Yeah, it looks like somebody takes sandpaper uh-huh. in between my eyes. That's so weird. And rubs away my skin. Yeah. But that's my yeah. That's the allergic reaction. That's good. Yeah, because I'm allergic to grass too. Um and, and a lot of that stuff will happen. Like mowing mm-hmm. is rough. Yeah. You know, and I'm like out there dying. Uh, but I really like having a nice lawn. So I endure and, it. And you have it. I endure it. That's right. So shout out to Eric. Thanks, Eric, for and he actually showed up because uh, it's like I started working really early because I'm like, man, this is a big job. And it was probably 5.30 or 6, and he gets home from work, and he's like, do you need help? I'm like, you you just got home from work. You're fine. And he's like, I'm going to help you. So he he came over, and then uh, my sister and brother-in-law and their kids ended up coming over like to help me get it finished because we were running out of daylight. And yeah. We finally got down around, I think it was close to 8, 8.30. Okay. We got it all, all laid. And all laid. Now you just need a lot of water. We do. Yep. Which we have a system. And it, what's nice now too is it's like cool. So it's like yeah. it's retaining that water and, and giving the roots a chance to really root. Yes. So it's good. Good. I, I'm excited about it. So one day you can come over and you can frolic, frolic in the grass and walk home with sandpaper red nose. There you go. <laughs> it was, it'll be a joy. Yeah, it'll be a joy. Uh, well, Matt, I wanted to talk with you uh, about something today that it's a little bit of a heavy topic, um, especially in light of just man, all this stuff going on. And and I wanted to talk about guns and mass shootings and uh, just kind of your thoughts on, on some of those things. And uh, man, we were talking April 20th, 1999 mm-hmm. was when Columbine happened. Yeah. And uh, you were in high school. I'm pretty sure I was in middle school. Yeah. Um, I might've been a freshman. I was around eighth or ninth grade, something like that. Yeah. Um, and And so do you remember... Like what, what are your memories around when Columbine happened? Yeah, I totally remember it. So I was actually living in Omaha, um, at the time. So my family had moved from Colorado 
to Indiana and then Omaha, Nebraska. And so I was in my senior year and right at the end, right? It's April, like I'm graduating in two weeks or whatever mm -hmm. it was. And uh, I remember coming home and for lunch, cause you know, seniors get out super early. And mm -hmm. so I was eating my Totino's pizza and I was sitting and I turned on the TV to see what was going on. And every channel had um, Columbine on it, uh, mm -hmm. broadcasting what was going on. And I remember like watching the students like running out of the out of the school, you know, like 20 mm -hmm. at a time and mm -hmm. the police officers and all that kind of stuff and not sure what's going on. And uh, yeah, just the craziness of that. And then like almost immediately, like I started calling all my friends in Colorado, mm -hmm. you know, to see, like, just to have the conversation because what else do you do right yep. in those moments? And so, uh, yeah, I remember that, that vividly. I, uh, called my mom that day, mm -hmm. uh, cause she wasn't home. I don't remember where she was at, but just to tell her like, Hey, what was going on and mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. And it was, yeah, it was a wild day. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, mine was, a, I mean, I, I didn't get to go home for lunch, Yeah, but I did come home. I, I remember hearing about it and coming home and turning on the news and, and watching all of that footage as well. Yeah. Um, and then. Now you were, you were in school in Colorado, right? I was. Like, yep. Yep. So did you guys get like warnings and alarms and all yeah, that? Yeah, we got warnings stuff? and alarms. And then we got like threats. Like, I don't know what spurs on people when, when stuff like this happens, but like we had, I remember one day we had to leave and go outside uh, because there's a threat in the mm. school and they had us all go stand outside in this field. And I'm like, this is stupid. I remember thinking, this is dumb. If there's a mass shooter, you're just corralling us for him to just start firing into the crowd. Yeah. And so me being the clever person that I was, I made sure to stand on the inside of everybody. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. oh, very altruistic man. of you. Yeah, that was very nice. I I, I had a savior complex and so... No, I didn't. I just thought, I remember having those thoughts though, like, yeah, self-preservation. Like, what do you do? And if people start going down, like, I'm just going to let people fall on top of me and act dead, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, I remember being worried, you know, for a long time. Um, and it just seems that since then, it's it's very much perpetuated, you know, where we see things more and more and more. Um, and so... Uh, you know, as a few weeks ago, uh, we had the Boulder shooting, um, which is very interesting. That uh, I mean, it's another one. The thing that's really interesting to me is how predominant it is in, in Colorado. Yeah. I don't know what if there's science behind that. Um, I know that there's some science tied with with suicides in Colorado and just being higher in elevation and what it does with the chemicals in our brains and things like that. But it's it's interesting that it just seems to be a hub of of mass shootings. Yeah, there is something to the copycat of what started with Columbine and the way that it's kind of moved through to uh, the Walmart shooting just down the street from yep. <laughs> where we're broadcasting a yep. few years ago to uh, what was it? 2011, 2012, the Batman shootings in Aurora, yep. uh, the Boulder shootings. I mean, there's probably been at least a half a dozen in the last 20 years, yeah. every three years, it seems Something there's a mass happens. shooting that yeah. happens here. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, when you hear this stuff going on, what, what kind of emotional response do you have? Yeah. I mean, what is your response to, to you hear about the, another Boulder shooting? I mean, Part, um, obviously there's like, there's anger there. There's frustration. Some of it, even at this point, it feels like, man, again, like mm -hmm. it, it's, it, it's, it's almost becoming somewhat normalized. Like, oh, yep. We got another one. You know, what yeah. is your response to some of that stuff? Yeah. I think that that's probably the latter is prob probably more so 
the feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when Columbine happened, there was the, you know, wall to wall news coverage of what was going on. And for days and weeks, it was part of the conversation. And then, you know, nine 11 and all of the conversation. And yet the more that this has happened in our culture and the more mm-hmm. the society has happened, um, there's almost a part of it where it's just an acceptance of, of normalcy yeah. in terms of the, uh, um, what's going on. And I don't want to call it complacency or mm-hmm. uh, coldness to it. Um, but there is a, like it happened again. And in those moments, I think there's, <clears throat> you know, uh, there is no longer fear. I don't feel fear. Like when Columbine happened, I felt fear. Mm-hmm. I don't think I feel fear anymore in these spaces to the way that it's normalized. I think it's just like, there's some heartbreak in those moments. Mm-hmm. I always pray for the victims that's going on. I always pray for the person who's doing it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then it's kind of just like moving on in life. And, and I don't know if that's a product of like what we do for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, being pastors, we see death a lot and mm-hmm. funerals a lot. And it's not that we become callous uh, to the dead, mm-hmm. but there is a, um, there's an acceptance of, of death that we see probably more than most. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and I hate saying that, you know, yeah, we just kind of move forward. Like, up. Oh, there's another one like that. That yeah, sucks. Feels it, weird. it does. And it doesn't feel like that's the right thing to do. Um, but at the same time, I think about, uh, I mean, there's lots of push for, for gun control and, and new gun laws and things like that. And actually when, uh, our marriage, uh, we were having a, a hard time with our marriage and, and just trying to figure out what's the best way forward. And I talked to a mentor of mine and and his advice to me was, don't make life-changing decisions in the midst of crisis. Yeah. Like get out of crisis, um, you know, and, and I think that a lot of times- I'm that, really glad that that's where you went with that story because as you started that from gun control to marriage problems, I thought maybe your mentor- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you should buy is a Glock, yeah, Jared. Yeah, if you're having a hard time in marriage, you're, the right answer is no. Uh, no, and so I just think about a lot of times, uh, at least politically, what seems to happen is there there's a mass shooting of some sort and right away they're like, we got to do gun control. It's like they're using it as a, as a knee-jerk reaction for everyone to go, you know, to like push them into whatever they want you to yeah. do. Um, and it's taking advantage of the opportunity, it's right? Taking, like yes. all of society right now based, I think we've had three mass shootings in the last two weeks mm-hmm. from Boulder to today. And so it's in the news. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's opportunity or at least politicians take the opportunity mm-hmm. to have the conversation, mm-hmm. whether it's the right conversation to have during mm-hmm. this time. Um, mm-hmm. It always moves to that. I think that the right conversation is probably at a moral right <laughs> level, but sure. Uh, but gun control seems to always come yeah. out in these and, moments. I mean, there, there's balance. And, and so then it, it pushes you into the question too of, uh, of just guns in general, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, bad people are going to do bad things, you know, and they're going to figure out a way to do bad things. So then uh, the question is, is uh, is gun control good? Is gun control bad? Um, where where are the lines uh, that there should be gun control? And you have people all over the spectrum. Um, and so I just thought that uh, it would be good for you and I um, as pastors uh, to have this conversation. Um, and honestly, we haven't had this conversation before, so I have no idea where you yeah. land on it. Um, is it okay to have uh, uh, 
a gun in your home? Is it not? Um, you know, and so um, I'll just, I'll flip it over to you and I'll, I'll see kind of, I want to hear a little bit of where, where you land on some of this. Yeah. So uh, once you told me that this was kind of the topic, I gave some thought to what this looks like. And I think what I determined is that um, I'm not a pacifist. Mm-hmm. I don't preach being a pacifist. Um, I do own a gun in my home, uh, but just one. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad has a whole, you know, slew, slew. Yes. A whole ammo depot of, uh-huh. of guns. And so, um, ammunition depot. And so, uh, and you know, most of my family, I think everyone in my family actually owns, I probably own the least amount of guns, mm-hmm. uh, in my family, even my extended family. And so, um, so when we come out of this and when I look at it, like I try to look at it from a biblical perspective of, of what does God call us to do and what does mm-hmm. God call us to be in these spaces? And I think that's where the real wrestling point is that somehow uh, the bill of rights that we have, right. With the second, second amendment is the gun amendment, right. Um, that we are able to bear arms, mm-hmm. that we have a right to bear arms. I think that is a fundamental right in terms of, what this country was built upon from a nationalistic standpoint in that space. What's kind of ironic to me is the way that it's been so tightly, uh, that right that we have been so tightly tied to Christianity. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know that we've oftentimes given ourselves a lot of thought when it Mm -hmm. comes to why we tie those so closely. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was uh, a few years ago, five years ago, maybe now, do you remember when Jerry Falwell Jr. gave his commencement talk or maybe it wasn't a commencement, but just a speech to the students at Liberty. Do you remember seeing all this? I don't remember Jerry Falwell Jr. Okay. So Jerry Falwell Jr. was, uh, uh, kind of the president of Liberty university. He took over for his dad. Okay. And I think it was 2015, 2016, uh, when he made an address to the students and he encouraged the students, all of them to get concealed weapon permits and that they were changing the rules so that students could carry guns. Okay. And then he said, if these people show up, we're going to teach them a lesson. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that, that that's, was a, that's taking it to the next level. That's taking it to the next level. Right. And that's, <laughs> that was, that is. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's not now. He's pretty much fallen over the last six months. Uh-huh. Uh, Jerry Faldwell, we talked about him a few weeks ago in our wife. Uh, Pastors keep falling and spiritual leaders gotcha. keep falling sexually. Gotcha. Um, uh, but in that moment, he was a spiritual leader. Mm-hmm. And he's calling uh, us Christians in a Christian private school or public school, I guess, but a Christian school to uh, rise up and to arm themselves and to teach these fools a lesson. Mm-hmm. Get ready. In, to get ready. Get know? ready. Prepare yourselves and so I just, at school. That's right. For and the I, battle. And I just thought that was so odd yeah. that a Christian leader would do that. And so, you know, where I go immediately is like Luke chapter 21. And it says, this is Jesus speaking uh, to believers, that they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and to the prisons. And you will be brought before kings and governors for my namesake. They will be your opportunity to bear witness, or this will be your opportunity to bear witness. You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends. And some of you, they will put to death. You'll be hated for all because of my namesake, but not a hair on your head will be perished. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. Mm-hmm. Um, a little later on, or a little earlier on, I guess in his ministry, he says, don't fear those who can kill the body, but can't kill the soul, right? I'd rather fear them who can destroy both. And so like when it comes to uh, believers and the way that we uh, see guns, I think that the motive of why we own guns is 
is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus says persecution is going to come our way. Mm-hmm. And that in those moments of persecution, um, it seems like he, what he is saying is that we're not to raise the sword in those moments, but rather through our endurance and suffering that we bring people the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's where mm-hmm. like the wrestling comes for me in that space. Um, I think if we own guns uh, to protect our families, I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. If we own guns to kill people, as we're trying to protect our families, I think maybe as Christians, we need to rethink mm-hmm. that. That's why I bought a gun. Yes. <laughs> Just so I could kill people. So you could kill, that's what you no. told your neighbor. Yeah, that's what I told my neighbor. Jokingly. Yes. No, it was not, not at all serious. No, and, and, I, and I, I think it's really important that the, the phrase that stuck out to me as you're reading that scripture is for your namesake. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if, if someone is coming after me uh, because of my faith in Christ, uh, I mean, like, like Peter right in the garden where yeah. he, he chops the soldier's ear off and, and Jesus is like, whoa, chill out, you know, yeah. and he heals the soldier. Um, I, and what's he saying that? He, he says, uh, put your right sword away. Right after that, yeah, put your sword away, right? Yeah. Because those who live by the sword or the gun die by the sword or the gun. Yes. Uh, And, but at the same time, um, I think that there is an element of protection that's really important. So I think about that shooting that was in Texas at that church where the guy comes in, he's acting kind of, I mean, everyone saw, I'm not everyone, but it's available to see um, this video footage of this guy kind of pacing in the back. And then he, as soon as he pulls his gun, he shoots one guy, but then the security guy, like, shoots him and, 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 and that's it. That's the end of it. So I think that there's, there's value certainly there, um, to, to be able to protect your family and to protect other people in those kinds of situations. Um, and, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And I think that that's actually a good thing. However, the, the real key piece to that guy is, is he was a trained officer. Yes. Right. And so I think that it's not just, about, hey, I can go purchase a gun and I can have it in case I need to shoot somebody. It's actually about taking the time uh, to learn guns, to learn gun safety, to go to classes and, and, and you know, learn um, how do I do this in a way that's, that's going to be helpful and keep people safe. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we, you know, for Christiana's birthday, uh, I bought her a, a gun safety course and we went and did it like as a date day nice. um, where we went and... Um, I mean, it was really, really good. Um, it was a uh, gunfight international is, is what it is. It's in Byers and yeah. it's a police officer. His name's officer Paul. Um, so shout out to officer Paul. He did a really good job of teaching. He teaches you how to load a gun, how to clean a gun, how to take care of it, you know, how to hold it, how to handle it, um, how to keep it safe in your family, you know, and all of these going through all of these things. And, and he was, uh, really thankful to, to everybody in the class saying, hey, you know, as a police officer, we want people to be educated about guns and not naive or ignorant, you know? Um, And I think that that's where a lot of problems come is when people are like, oh, I'm just going to go buy a gun and and you just point and shoot and, and it's, you know, I don't think that that necessarily helps people if you don't know how to yeah. use it. Um, and so, so that's a big piece for me. Yeah. Um, I think from a, uh, go ahead, let me yeah. just challenge you a little go bit. Go ahead, challenge away. We haven't had these kind of conversations yeah, this is yet. fun. Is, um, like, as you read through scripture, is there any place that you could point where like protection of self or family mm-hmm. is elevated above a person, another person's life? Yeah, no. And that's why you shoot them in the leg. No, I'm just kidding. But even that can kill them. Right. Yeah. Um, 
No, uh, I don't know. I think that's the wrestling point for it Christians, is, right? Yeah, like absolutely. There's, there's something inherently about us that is protective. Mm-hmm. And most people, yes, my my protective gene is, or it's it's very little. <laughs> yeah. Well, if one of your children, yeah, were in danger, dad mm-hmm. steps up, right? I think mm-hmm. that that's that's a fair thing. And so, like, I think that that's uh, us at a human level. Mm-hmm. And yet, in Scripture, we have this these teachings that. Uh, when persecution comes, right? Vengeance is not yours. It belongs to yep. the Lord. Um, we even have examples, great examples of like Jim Elliott. I don't know how many people are maybe familiar with Jim Elliott, but Jim Elliott went into South America um, and uh, as missionaries. Do you know mm-hmm. Jim Elliott? Is that the tip of the spear? Yes. Tip mm-hmm. of the spear was the movie. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, you have to talk, to, you have to communicate to me in movies. In Matt. movies, yes. That, it's the tip of the spear. That's where I get it. You know? So Jim Elliott's this missionary. He and a couple of buddies go down to, um, really to be missionaries to this people group that were a bit violent mm-hmm. and not welcoming of, mm-hmm. of guests. That's part of their culture, right? Yeah. Like they're just a violent culture and they're okay with it. Yeah. That. And so they went down there and they showed up. Now what's usually not known about that story is that all of Elliot's team was packing. They all mm-hmm. had guns. Mm-hmm. And when the natives came out with their spears, um, uh, they fired their guns into the air mm-hmm. uh, to try to scare them back. Um, but never once did they point them at the natives and the natives ended up killing the whole party, mm-hmm. uh, Jim Elliott included. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's in- interesting about that story is that Jim Elliott's wife, Elizabeth, um, and some other ladies went down there. And actually because of, uh, you know, that story and further down, uh, that whole people group becomes believers mm-hmm. and they're saved. And I think to myself, like in those moments, how oftentimes we're quick to pull the gun on someone who's threatening mm-hmm. us. Yeah. I know for me, man, sealing someone's destiny mm-hmm. for all eternity. Yeah. I don't want to be responsible for that. No. Um, and so I never want to shoot a person. But I wrestle with too. I do think that there is a sense of standing up for for your. I mean, don't you think there's a sense of of, of protection and, and things that that God has put in us that is there for a reason? Yeah, I don't. Uh, that's the wrestling part for me. I think uh-huh. um, because I don't know if the projection space that makes up our humanity is what was created into us or a result of the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, before the fall happened, there was no need for protection, right? There is no protection needed. Everything's perfect. Everything's beautiful. Everything's the way that it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. The fall happens and there's a whole bunch of consequences of the fall. And we go down that road and, um, and go, so where does, where does that part live in us? Uh, is that a innate created space within us from the very beginning, mm-hmm. or is it a result of, of the fall and of sin that's mm-hmm. entered into, yeah. into our world? And that, I don't know. It's one of those counterintuitive things, right? Where yeah. our, our intuition would say, yeah, protect. And if God is saying, no, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Dealing with that just feels so upside down. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. And it feels weird. And, you know, even taking the old Testament, right? The old Testament's bloody. Mm-hmm. And, um, but what the Old Testament doesn't do is tell you if it was right or wrong. <laughs> it's true. You know what I mean? It, it's 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 a list of historical accounts a lot of times. Yeah. But the, the the author never goes, "This was a good choice." Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes they do. Yeah. I mean, if they if they say, "Hey, I want to follow, 
I want to put my trust in, in, in the Lord. You know, yeah. they say that was the right decision or I didn't put my trust in the Lord. And so I got, that person got destroyed or whatever it might be, you know? Um, but sometimes the accounts, it's like, hey, this is what happened. Yeah. And you're like, so is that what I'm supposed to do? Or are you just telling me events? Yeah. And you have, and shortly thereafter, the Luke 21, in Luke 22, you actually have Jesus telling the disciples to get swords, mm -hmm. right? Like, like there's a moment where um, he said, you know, look here are two swords that we have mm -hmm. in this space. And, uh, and Jesus said to him, that's enough. Like mm -hmm. that's plenty mm -hmm. of swords. And so it wasn't like- Just keep putting them in. Yeah. Keep putting them in. It wasn't like Jesus um, told them to get rid of them mm -hmm. in that moment. He's, he said, that's enough. That's plenty. Mm -hmm. And so- like that's where I think the tension is for us as believers is mm -hmm. I don't think that Jerry Falwell Jr. was right. Like, right. You know, load up your guns, carry them around. And yeah. if those fools show up, we're going to teach them a lesson. Uh -huh. I, don't, I don't think that's the Christian way. Right. Uh, I think there is something to uh, the protection of loved ones mm -hmm. in that space. And if we own a gun um, for protection, I think it's critical for us as believers to think through mm -hmm. what that looks like. You know, mm -hmm. um, I have a friend, Steve Shireman, uh, uh, great. That's uh, so weird. I have a friend, Steve. You Jeremy. do. Yes. But both of us do. <laughs> he's a great part of Crossroads, right? He's a great man, humble man, loves Jesus and he's in security. Mm -hmm. And, um, he's actually been a significant part of cleaning up Denver over the last couple of years Yep. and doing it with, in, in non-aggressive, non-violent ways, mm -hmm. um, with officers. And, uh, one of the things that he oftentimes says is that once you pull the gun out, you can't put it back in. Mm -hmm. That that once you escalate to that level, yep. uh, there's only one decision left, and that's to pull the trigger. Yep. And so his encouragement is always to do everything you can before mm -hmm. it gets to the place of of pulling the gun. Yeah. And so, like I look at that, and even when you pull the gun, you know, and uh, and are ready to pull the trigger, uh, what you said earlier is is significant. Like all of a sudden, you're taking that person's. Uh, life into your own hands and you're sealing their destiny, whatever that might be. And they may be sealing yours as well, but we as Christians know where our destiny right. is. And and what's the greater value, right? Is it better for, um, for me to die and know where I'm going or, and that person still have an opportunity for redemption or for it to That's be gone? That's the Jim Elliott story, right? Mm -hmm, absolutely. Uh, there's a, there's another good movie I watched where a guy accidentally ran over uh, another guy's daughter and then drove away. Mm. Um, and the guy finds out who it is and like the typical response would be like, get him, throw him in jail, give him justice. Um, but the, this dad ends up going and finding this family, um, and seeing where they live and like basically loving them and investing in them. Yeah. Um, and they end up getting saved because of it, you know? And so, I mean, you just don't know, uh, we don't know what, what God is doing or what God is up to. Yeah. Um, and that's really hard to discern, especially in a particular moment. Um, the reason that we ended up getting a gun for protection is actually like some people are like, Oh, the government's going to come after us. And I'm like, look, if the government wants to come after you. What's my little gun going to do? <laughs> I actually had this conversation with my dad because yeah. he owns a ton of guns uh -huh. and, uh, and you know, he lives in Kentucky, he lives up on the high ground. He has a barn and he's yeah. like, bring it. Yeah. And I was like, that, they have drones. That's right. Like, yeah, you know. they're just going to send a drone. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, you're, you're or an F-15 yeah, or you, you have a, a few, tank. You have a few guns. Yeah, the militia of the early centuries. Yeah, of where you stand and you fight, and it's yeah. you know mano a mano. That's yeah. We are we are whipped as yeah. citizens. Absolutely. But my my bigger fear was that uh, people get 
panicky and do weird things when they're panicky. Mm. And so, you know, the toilet paper crisis of 2019, (laughs) um, like what if some random person decides to come to my house and starts being violent with, Mm. with our family because they need toilet paper, you know, I mean, stranger things have happened. And so that, that was kind of my push was it's, it's less about like out of the government and, and more about, man, just, just in case, you know, I, I would rather be safe than sorry. I don't know. I don't think you really know what you'll do until it happens. Um, I try to be smart. We, we've been trying to teach our kids too. like my biggest fear is pulling the trigger at somebody and it going through them. Cause Mm-hmm. Not in the movies, they, the bullets will stop. But in reality, the bullets will often go through the person that you're shooting yeah. and can hit whatever is behind them. And so, I, I sh- could you imagine like shooting at a person and accidentally hitting your child? Yeah. Like the person you're trying to protect, you end up being the culprit. You know, um, we when we got our our, our training done too, we heard a, a story about a, a guy who someone was breaking into their house, and so. They shot them, and it ended up being their 17-year-old daughter who was sneaking out of the house, you know. Um, and so the importance of, of identifying who it is you're pulling the trigger at, you know. But yeah. all of these stories where you're like, man, is it worth it? Is it not? Yeah. Um, but then you have the flip story of the, of the guy in Texas, right? Christiana and I were walking um, into Michael's. I'm really not observant at all. I'm just like, do, 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 I walk into, you know, I actually went out early um, to get into the car. And I think I was getting it warmed up or something. Um, and then Christiana comes out and also, and I see her like start sprinting to the mm. car. And I'm like, what in the world? And I thought she was just messing with me. She gets in the car and she says, okay, I'm walking out of Michael's and there's a guy over there sitting on the bench and he has a rifle and he's covering it with a blanket. Mm. And so I'm like, okay, well, let's call the police, you yeah. know? So, so we call the police. They're like, yeah, you're, we, we have officers on the way, um, and, you know, to, yeah. to, I, I don't know what his intentions were. I don't know what he was doing. Nothing ended up happening. Um, but for us to be like, you know, we could actually save lives, mm-hmm. um, possibly not being the first person to pull a gun on somebody, but if they start shooting at somebody to be able to stop it, yeah. like, is that is that a morally right thing in God's eyes to stop somebody who's already shooting at other people? Yeah. I think that's the I think that's the question, right? I think when we read the New Testament specifically, um, it's ambiguous mm-hmm. on this issue. It just totally is, right? That there is there's that the New Testament does not aim to make this clear for us mm-hmm. uh, in this space. I think what the New Testament says to us is that when we see evil, if it's brought upon us that part of our um, witness is suffering well mm-hmm. in the midst of that. Um, I think in Romans, we have this picture of what is supposed to take care of evil is the governing authorities. Like that is the role of the government is to take care of evil, to make the call to the police officers to do, mm-hmm. you know, to make those things. Now in our society, in our culture, you know, what does that look like in any given moment? And mm-hmm. depending on what color you are, mm-hmm. you know, what race you are, uh, the government probably looks really different, mm-hmm. uh, and their level of protection in that space. And so, but I think at the end of the day, the new Testament, what it points to is that, um, it's aim. The new Testament's aim is to radically transform the heart um, through Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, and that we, that we treasure the next world, um, just as much or even more mm-hmm. than we treasure this world. Mm-hmm. 
and to know that uh, everybody that we rub shoulders with in this life ultimately is going somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to me pulling a gun on someone, how do I balance the ambiguity of the New Testament, how ambiguous it is of the New Testament, that its aim is is love through suffering. Mm -hmm. And then what do we do when an assailant is upon us threatening our families? Like Mm -hmm. all of that has to, we have to think clearly through that um, when we, when we come in to, into that space Mm -hmm. and people land in different places. I think that, you know, uh, when it comes to gun stuff, uh, we have a good time shooting guns out on the farm. Mm -hmm. We shoot everything, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, not everything on the farm. We shoot all different types of guns uh, on the farm. It's, it's a fun hobby for us, right? Mm-hmm. We've, we go hunting mm-hmm. and uh, that's a fun hobby for us. Um, that's different than me owning a 387, mm-hmm. you know, stashed away in my house for mm-hmm. protection. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've run it through and I go, okay, like God, if someone came into my family, like, and it causes me to pull a gun, my first uh, instinct, at least that I hope mm-hmm. would be to aim for a place that's going to give the person a chance at life mm-hmm. um, for yeah. this sin of him running into my house, mm-hmm. not to be his lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I was just going to say too, thinking back of, of Steve Shireman, I mean, I talked with him as well and he doesn't carry like he could, yeah. but he doesn't um, because of what you said. And when we talked with uh, officer Paul, yeah. um, you know, he said in his whole career, He's only pulled his gun twice and he's never fired it, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, sometimes just pulling it will help drive someone like, oh, I didn't, I don't want that. I'm out, you yeah. know? Um, but you don't know how they were going to respond because right. they could just start going even more crazy. And so um, I think being prayerful about it, being intentional about it, I think training yourself is really, really important. Knowing gun safety, you know, actually uh, I was talking with Trevor, uh, another pastor on staff here, and I said, hey, we're working on getting, uh, buying a gun. Yeah. And because I know that he he's a gun guy. And, uh, and he was like, you know, he started like rattling off, well, what are you going to do for safety? What are you doing for this? What are you doing? You know, which are the right questions to yeah. ask, you know? And so um, that's always, that's my encouragement now to people as well as there are really good gun safety, concealed carry classes out there that, man, go take them, do your due, due diligence yeah. uh, in order to be smart with a dangerous thing. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, wherever you land on the thing, uh, on whatever side you land on, you know, um, just do so prayerfully saying, I can in good conscience say, I've, I've addressed this in, in prayer with, with, with God. And this is where I landed. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that that's, that's the right way to move forward. Yeah. And I said one last thing before we wrap this up, Yep, I would say that the conversation that we're having today and for people who are listening is uniquely different than the conversation that's going on in the government right now of whether uh, the second amendment should be amended, amended, (laughs) diminished, whatever it is. Right. Like, like I look at that and I go, that's a constitutional right. And at the end of the day, the government, whatever government it is, is set up to set uh, is set up to protect constitutional rights. Mm -hmm. Um, And those constitutional rights change based on, uh, the will of the people in that mm-hmm. space. And so I think that when it comes to gun control, what makes this so fiery is not whether Christians should own a gun or not, mm-hmm. uh, whether I think we have to think through all the things that we've thought through today. Mm-hmm. But I think that the bigger issue is, um, particularly when it comes to gun control and why it's so polarizing is because it actually attacks a constitutional right, which mm-hmm. um, 
the role of government is to protect. And so, uh, so I think that people get rightly upset mm -hmm. in those, in those spaces. Now, mm -hmm. how upset should you get over that? Uh, that's each person's, right. <laughs> you know, own space in that. But I think that the conversation of, from a Christian perspective, what does guns look like? Yeah. Our ability to own them and to use them wisely yeah. is different than, um, whether we have a right yeah. to own them at all. And I think that I, I want to bring up the point too, that just because a law is made does not make the evil go away. Right. Because it's not a law issue, it's a heart issue. Exactly. Right. And so we can have all of these great laws that it doesn't matter because if I've determined in my heart to do something, I'm probably going to figure out a way to do it. Yeah. Um, and it, it might not be with an AK, you know, 47. 47. It might be with, a, I don't know, I might grab a knife and just go start, yeah. slashing people or you know what I mean? Like yeah. people are going to find a way to f get what they want to do, whatever it is that they want to do. And so, yeah. um, I mean, when it comes to Jesus's personal strategy of taking on crime, mm -hmm. it was to change their heart. Right. Right. It was him dying mm -hmm. on the cross so that we could have the opportunity at life that he died to overcome sinful, uh, inclinations mm -hmm. like what we're describing today. Mm -hmm. And um, the only way that society changes is not because of more laws. Right. Right. It changes when, when hearts are changed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's our role, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's why, why we're here. Otherwise, I mean, if we didn't have purpose, you yeah. know, when we got saved, God would say, sweet. Yep. Come on. Yeah. You know, but we have, we have that, that calling as, as a follower of Jesus to uh, be intentional to, yeah. to to investigate these things and have these conversations and, and be, be really wise and prayerful through it. So, uh, you know, you can be smart, but it doesn't mean that you're, you're wise and, right. you're, and you're smart. And so, uh, well, like I said, if you do want to take some gun training, there's lots of classes, uh, everywhere across the country and, and in Colorado. We, if you go to www.gunfight, uh, gunfighting, I-N-T-L, gunfightinginternational.com. Um, that's where we went and got our class, and it was really, really good. Um, check that out. Um, and, yeah, just be prayerful through those things. Um, be prayerful through uh, as we approach the Second Amendment, and be respectful of each other, please. Um, I know that a lot of people get heated and angry, and um, I don't think that's the right way to go about things either. But uh, we have lots of uh, cool things going on here at, at Crossroads, as always. We're in the middle of a series, I Can't Believe in a God Who. Uh, Matt, what's up this week? I Can't, believe, I can't in believe in a God Who I Don't Need. I Can't Believe in a God Who I Don't Need. Um, and so check that out. Last week was I Can't Believe in a God Who Doesn't Answer My Prayers. And so that was a, a really good message last week. So you can go on, on our YouTube page and, and check that stuff out. Uh, working on some more Practical Living episodes. Um, really excited for, for those to come out. We're going to release those actually in a season cool. um, as opposed to just one every eight months yeah. you know we're, we're we're building up a season so we can release them kind of we're taking on the disney plus model there you, you know and which they seem to be doing a good job so uh we're working towards uh doing that and uh, man just so good to be with you matt and, and uh, uh, there's no topic not on the table right and so um if there's something you guys want to hear about please feel free to 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 call or email us and, and let us know and we want to address those things so have a wonderful week thank you jared batman 